Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we're back way back 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 way back way back 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 more hit and run sunday mornings from 9 a.m to noon on 670 the score Swing and a miss. That change again. It's his bread and butter pitch. It's been his bread and butter pitch since he was at Kansas State. 
Hunter goes from second to third and a cold third strike. Rodriguez out looking. Reynolds steals third. Swing and a miss. And that will end the first inning. Swing and a miss. Guess what? The change. Four straight strikeouts for Jordan Wicks. Swing and a miss. Another curveball this time. Wait, you know, you can't, uh, you, you can't attack guys. 3-2. The sinker called strike three. That is seven strikeouts for Jordan Wicks. 2-2. Two, two, swing and a miss. Eighth strikeout for Jordan Wicks. And a cold strike three. Fastball right down the heart of the plate. Man, that's a good example of what Tom Verducci was talking about later as those are the nine strikeouts for Jordan Wicks coming off his debut appearance last night in the major leagues. What Tom Verducci was talking about, I mean, it, we might, we're going to play it again at some point because it's got, it's got my head spinning, but was that the changeup is so good that guys will sit on that changeup and Jordan Wicks showed the ability to throw the fastball for strikes, um, either the sinker or, I mean, he's got six pitches, but to throw the fastball for strikes and freeze guys for strike three. Um, on a night when he threw 27 change-ups, had nine swings and misses on the change-up alone. Woo! Jordan Wicks said, I think in my dreams I imagined that, but I thought it was unbelievable. He starts out by giving up a home run to Cabrian Hayes uh, on the second pitch of the night, then gives up a rocket single up the middle, then walks a guy, then is behind Connor Joe, 2-0, and then all of a sudden... Tommy Hadovy makes the greatest mound visit in the history of mound visits, and the Cubs get a starter to retire 15 batters in a row. Five innings. Could he have gone another inning? Possibly. In all of his AAA starts, he's gone five. He's a young guy trying to protect a little. I think in his last one, he only went four and two-thirds, but he struck out a lot of people. But anyway, he's gone five in his starts, and they had an eight-to-one lead. Eight to one lead. It should not have gotten as close as it got. And that is because of, in part, Hayden Wesneski. We'll talk about all of that. Uh, phone lines are open for you. 312 644 6767. Boy, that was an incredible conversation with Ryan McGuffey. If you missed it and you're hungered for White Sox, you can hit rewind on the Odyssey app feature or you can find it on the podcast later. Sean Sears, our producer, will. Of course, post uh, the podcast. But let's focus on the good, which is Jordan Wick's debut. Here's David Ross from last night saying that it was a really fun night for him and for Jordan Wicks once he settled in. Yeah, I think uh, all the credit should go to the mound visit from Tommy Hadovy. Uh, um, man, what a, what a fun night for him uh, once he settled in. Um, home run rocket up the middle and then felt like the game was over right but he just um pounded the zone found his rhythm i loved how he mixed the, the like he can just pitch it just stands out the changeups obviously electric but i thought the the cutter was really good i thought the breaking ball he mixed in well i thought he kept guys guessing and and pounded the heater with the lead like that those are little things that um, you don't see in our game as much. Just guys being able to come in. I get a big lead, and I'm going to pound the strike zone, be able to make it, mix in my secondary, just cruise from there on out. Uh, really impressive performance from a young man. That was as good as I've seen in a while from a, from a young, young starter. 
Boy, I love the way he breaks that down because they had a big lead and he just he knows how to pitch and he's got a six pitch mix. Reminds you a little of Javier Assad. Uh, now that Assad has the velocity, maybe the ceiling's a little higher. When Jordan Wicks was drafted in the first round out of Kansas State in 2021, he was seen as a fast riser because of the six pitch mix and because he seemed to be able to control everything. What he doesn't have is velocity at 96, 97, 98. So a lot of teams won't even look at a guy in the first round like that. If the Cubs found a guy here who helps them right now down the stretch and maybe is a lefty that you're totally comfortable starting the year with in your rotation because he knows how to pitch and he controls stuff and that changeup is that good, that is a hell of a scouting find in the first round. That's a hell of a first-round pick. If, if they have found somebody, not, and maybe he's never going to be an ace, you know, but if that's a dude who's like just solid, dependable three, something like that, whew, that's a real good find. So uh, David Ross was also asked about, and this will tie into Wesneski here. Um, David Ross was also asked about the, uh, the in-game management as an organization that they could perhaps grow in. Yeah, I think it can just be a little bit more on the ta- attack, right? Um, you also feel like you can work on some things sometimes in an eight to one game and it can come back to bite you instead of just going in and getting your outs and where he's working on that. He's in a, you know, kind of a different role and trying to be in a space where um, he can work on some things, but also like you got to be able to shut the door. Uh, I thought same with, with Danny there at the end, like, you know, we've got to be on the attack. You throw a hundred, fill up the zone. Um, I think that's where we can improve, to be honest with you, as a as a young group, and something we got to continue to grow on in our organization is um, game management and and you know how to pitch in certain scores and stuff like that. But um, again, nice outing by uh, Jordan and a really nice job by the offense to just continue to add on. To say a double obviously um, helped and added on, gave us a little bit of breathing room. Instead of bringing Abbott, but it's only for now. So. Um... You know, it's interesting. Pitching with a certain score. The mindset when you're going out there, you got an 8-1 lead. Hayden, attack, attack, attack. Just get weak contact, man. You don't have to show all your strikeout stuff. You don't have to show them how big your your junk is. Pardon that that, that analogy got away from me on a Sunday morning. <laughs> it's a wild uh, sweeper there, huh? <laughs> I mean, some people, I guess. I don't know. I'm not judging. You, you know, I mean, we've 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 been to the drops. We've seen it before. right? <laughs> I don't look, man. I'm busy. I'm busy at the troughs. Uh, yeah, I try to get in and out. I'm not trying to hang out. Did I ever tell you about one time? It was before the renovations. I was at the troughs in Wrigley and there was like 10 of us lined up at the, the, the troughs, you know, um, unleashing the, the liquid that we had put into our own body via various um, refreshments. And we're all in there doing it, and you just hear that sound that starts and stops, you know, and you're hearing like everybody's pace and everything. And then all of a sudden we hear, and we all looked up like, oh my God, who's that guy? And it was a utility sink at the end of the troughs, and it was a maintenance person filling a mop bucket at the utility (laughs) sink. But we all instantly had the reaction of, who the hell is that? Someone have a fire hose? (laughs) That's what I always think about when I'm at the trial. It's a very uniquely Wrigley thing. (laughs) It's a very unique Wrigley story. Uh, Let's go to the phone lines and talk to Ben in Queens on 670 The Score. Hello, Ben. 
Uh, well, I'm glad there wasn't any shrinkage happening then None. at that moment. Zero. Okay. Zero. And it was, yeah, but it was just, just a utility sink, man. When in doubt, just know that might be a possibility. Yes, yes. yes. Um, listen, I'll get to Jordan Wicks in just a second. But first, I wanted to thank you so much for the Lee Smith interview uh, last week. It was uh, really beautiful, and I just wanted to tell you, man, the Negro Leagues Museum and the Jazz Museum is something that everybody should go to yeah. and check it out. You know, I'm a baseball whack a doodle and practicing jazz musician and musician. I think it's something that's so cool that it should be replicated. There should be one in Chicago telling the Chicago story. There should be one in New York telling the New York story and hmm. maybe on the mall in Washington. But anyway, great. I loved Lee Smith as a kid. Anyway. My Cubs thought speaks. Okay, listen, we are now fully into the post-CEO era. If you remember, there was the shakeup before he left, and they put Dan Cantervance in, in charge of the draft. And I'm reading from the July 12th, 2021 um, article that Jordan Bastian wrote that Cantervance said about Wicks to get who we thought was the best college left-hander with the 21st pick. We didn't anticipate that happening. When it did, we weren't going to pass him up. And this, this is why I've been so optimistic, Speaks, because I can see from a, a long way away just the philosophical uh, fundamentals that the front office has. And if you're going you're gonna to be watching this coming from the Cubs, irrespective of what happens with Ben Brown this year, he's going to be coming. He's going to be coming down the line. Kate Horton's going to be coming down the line. People are all hot to trot about Jackson Ferris. And I'm telling you, Caleb Killian is going to be getting meaningful outs. Now, the next great Cubs team is coming be- uh, together before our very eyes. You've got a shortstop. You look out at uh, uh, second base. You look at Miguel Amayo. They finally got a catcher after four years, uh, three, four years of what are we going to do. So I'm, I'm really high on this. I think last night was a watershed moment. Go Cubs. Let's win on a Sunday. Love you. And, and no more hit and run is absolute freaking crime the bears are going to go four and 13 and i don't know why <laughs> we're going to lose it and run for this you're not, they're not going to go four and 13 how dare you ben how dare you um <laughs> but i appreciate the support in all of its forms great stuff there yeah pitching scouting and pitching development if you can if you if they have figured some of that out that's everything it really is I mean, it, it's such a big deal to be able to deliver a Justin Steele. Look at the, the, the cost of Justin Steele in your rotation. The potential cost of, of Jordan Wicks in your rotation. The potential cost of Cade Horton at some point. And Ben Brown as young righties with, with high-end ace caliber stuff. Because those are your swing and miss righties that's right what, there. Right. That's what you're missing. And those guys keep you from having to spend money on a, J- a Jamison Tyone or a Marcus Stroman who are good. Yeah. But you can go after the top talent while you fill the back end of your rotation. Well, yeah, guys. you can use that stuff on whatever you need in terms of position players. And let me tell you, the Cody Bellinger price, woo, some indications on that that I want to get to um, after the break uh, it, that, that have been brought up um this morning in USA Today, Bob Nightingale had White Sox stuff, but he also had Cubs stuff. It's my alarm going off. Sorry about that. Make sure you wake up, okay? No, I got to extend the parking. 
Got to ah, extend my parking. Smart. That's smart. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, uh, our lot was closed. The Prudential lot is closed because there's a race. There's people out there doing a triathlon in Chicago this really? this Sunday morning. Okay. Yeah, and they're running down Columbus. And listening to Hit and Run probably, I, too. Well, one would hope. I think we're tremendous triathlon accompaniment. That's one thing I've been trying to do all year. I, you've been saying it. I've been, th- I've been really thinking about it a lot. Like, how best can we achieve triathlon um accompaniment excellence on Sunday the morning, August 27th. It's been a goal every step of the way. David Ross talked about lineup construction. We're going to get to that uh, before we get out of here on Hit and Run. We'll talk to Lance Brozdowski from Marquee. We'll talk to Chris Kampka from NBC Sports Chicago. But we do have time for your calls continuing next on Hit and Run on the Score. Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Hit in the air. Deep left center field. Reynolds going back. Dives. It gets past him and rolls all the way to the wall. Around third and coming home is Bellinger. Racing to third. Suzuki. Pop-up slide. Safe. RBI triple for Seiya Suzuki. Cubs now up 7-1. And Suzuki has a nine-game hitting streak. That is Zach Zayman on the call on 670 The Score. The OPS for Seiya Suzuki in his last 15 games played is 1.132. That dude is on fire. Hitting 375 in that stand with four homers, four doubles, and two triples, including that one. That's in 15 games. The slug is there. The talent as a hitter has been obvious, and everyone has known it. The, the exit velocity, he, when he hits it, he hits it hard and flush and very solid. He has responded to the benching in incredible fashion, and it, it's, been, it's been really cool to watch. He is much more aggressive now since he has come back after they acquired Candelario and Saya learned he wasn't going to be playing every day against righties. Now he's, he's a guy that needs to play every day against righties or lefties because he is swinging at fastballs and early in the count, and he's also guessing at off-speed early in the count. He's not trying to work the count, get the respect of the umpires, and see a ton of pitches. He's just trying to go up there and rake, and that's what he's done. He's only walked three times in those 15 games. That's fine. You want to slug 732 in 60 plate appearances? then you can walk three times. That's okay. That's fine. Uh, and the strikeouts, only seven strikeouts. He's not, he's, not, he's not having enough at-bats that go three pitches to strike out often. He's just going out there and smacking the ball around, and it does a lot. Tom Verducci last night on TV said, I think he is the key to their lineup. He deepens their lineup because you know what Bellinger is. But when you've got Saya behind Bellinger and Jamer then – but really, Seiya as a slug that you got to fear, that's a very, very good and healthy thing. He's pounding the fastball again, man. Yes, he is. But also off speed last night. I think the triple was on a hanging, a hanging a breaking slider. ball. Yep, yep. So he's, 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 he's locked and loaded. 670, the score is where you are. It's Matt Spiegel on Hit and Run. Our last full show of the year, uh, unfortunately, on a Sunday morning. Next week, we'll have a 90-minute show before the early Cubs start. That's a Peacock game. And then after that, the Bears, the Big Bad Bears, come and take over your Sunday mornings. There may be some hit and runs. We might find some spots on a Saturday or 
um, a post-post game maybe of a big series. I mean, I, I haven't lobbied the boss directly, but it's the second time I'm doing it on the air. To end the year against Atlanta and Milwaukee? Hey, man, if the Cubs are relevant, let's do some late-night post-post, shall we? Oh, yeah. Let's I think get that, those phones going. Right? Get, get those phones going? Sean Sears is in, I, I think. I'm definitely in. Okay, good. Any, any, anything Cubs, I'm in. For, All right, cool. Know. Mike on the north side on 670. The score is on hit and run. What's up, Mike? Good morning. Hey, first off, shout out to Len Casper. Congratulations. You're 20 years closer to broadcasting that World Series now. I, one of the straight. Uh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ouch. Why the shot for Len Casper? Because it's from a business standpoint, you leave one of the best, most sought-after broadcasting jobs in sports to do radio for the White Sox. Plus, he had a gig on Fox, all gone for a for a listenership that is probably one of the lower in all of baseball. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Let me respond to you, okay? I know for a fact that that man is very, very happy doing what he's doing, regardless of what you or anybody else thinks. He loves doing baseball on the radio and has wanted to his entire life. And he hopes that eventually, yes, the White Sox will make it to a World Series and he'll get to call the postseason. But your vindictive uh, joy at his perceived unhappiness hopefully is weakened by the fact that that man is happy. Okay, he's also a good dude and a friend of mine. So if you have another thought, um, you're welcome to it. But you you don't just talk that mess uh, on my show. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, Keegan Thompson, do they feel he's ready right now to step in? As what? As at least a seventh inning guy. No, no, thank you. He's not a high leverage reliever. He is a long-form reliever. That is what he's been best at in the big leagues as a bulk reliever. Frankly, think Michael Rucker with better stuff on this staff right now. Go ahead and use him for that. I'm not interested in him as a short-usage, high-leverage reliever. He did not respond well to that. So just go ahead and use him for what he has proven that he can do. This is Stan in Bellwood on 670 The Score. Hello, Stan. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Morning. How are you? I'm fine. Hey, listen, um, as I say on this date, every year on Hit and Run, uh, I don't know who needs to hear it. Uh, uh, evidently, you know, my pleas have fallen on deaf ears as far as score management is concerned. But I'll say it again uh, for the benefit of those who need to hear it. September is a baseball month. Yeah. More so, even more so than football. That's not a point of view, and it's not an opinion. It's a fact. So, you know, I just thought I'd throw that out there again, you know, in case uh, uh, anyone in score management is listening. Yeah. Uh, I don't expect (laughs) that, uh, you know, it'll go anywhere. But it just needs to be said. Yeah. So now moving on to uh, uh, <laughs> the game on the field, Speaks. Yes, sir. You know, I, I'm I'm, just, I'm thoroughly disgusted with the White Sox. I'm not going to waste any time on the subject of, you know, we've done that all season long. I just want to say, uh, as a baseball fan and as someone who follows 
everything and everyone in the sport. I'm looking forward uh, to September and the postseason. And although I am not a Cub fan, uh, because uh, I respect what they did at the break, uh, embracing the challenge and, uh, you know, going for it, mm-hmm. they realized, uh, you know, uh, I, it, my, now they were actually the beneficiary of some good fortune. Uh, the Cardinals, the Padres, and the Mets are all having down disappointing years. So, you know, that puts them in it. But uh, they they are, you know, performing very well. They're rising to the challenge. Uh, I hope they get in. Uh, and I, I think they will get in uh, as well. I mean, I, I think the, the Phillies are, you know, pretty much a lock. I think the Phillies are the third best team in the National League. But I think of the remaining team teams, you know, that are – of course, Cubs are in the division race too. But um, – uh, they've got a very good shot, and I hope they get in, and I think that they will do very well. I, I do think at the end of the day in the National League, uh, the Braves and the Dodgers are on a collision course, and I think it's going to be, you know, one of those two teams. But I respect what the Cubs did at the break, and uh, I'm looking forward to watching them, and I hope they get in. And uh, and I think that they would be a deserving and worthy challenger you know if they do get in so yeah i just wanted to throw it out there and um that yeah, that, that is that that is, that is beautiful uh analysis and respect for your second favorite team in town as they have made a pivot and they're pushing and i guarantee you I, that from my perspective if if it was the white Sox and not the cubs that were playing like this and pushing and playing well I'd be I'd be covering the hell out of that and enjoying that, and I and I think there are some Cub fans who would have pivoted like you uh, just did in conversation. So thank you. All right, all right. Actually, all I wanted to say. All right, man. Thank you, Stan. Appreciate you. Um, Six seventy. The score is is where you are. Um, where's the call screener? He stepped away. He stepped away. He already had his yogurt. He said he was going to get something to eat upstairs. He doesn't need anything else to eat. Our assistant call screener, his work ethic needs needs some attention. Seriously. I hope he's listening. He's not. He's upstairs lollygagging around. You lollygag your way around the studio. You lollygag your way around the office. You know what that makes you? Lollygaggers, sir? Lollygaggers. There he is. Hey, grab a mic. Does he have headphones? Uh, some headphones. We've got three calls that are unscreened. I would take another he's call. Jumping, he's jumping on the, the screen right now. I would take a, another call right now. But we don't know if those calls are good. Because the assistant producer has been wandering around the state studio. My goodness. All right. While he screens a call, I'll share this with you. From Bob Nightingale's column uh, in USA Today this morning. Stuff about Cody Bellinger's incredible rebound season and what it means for his free agent market. And he was courted by three different teams because here are the quotes from Scott Boris in the Bellinger comment. And Boris is traveling abroad in Europe, I assume perhaps lounging on an island that he owns. And did answer the call from, uh, from Bob Nightingale. Quote, 
When Cody became a free agent, he told me, I want to go to teams that know me the best, and I want to go where people understand me. And that's what has happened here with the Cubs is that there's an assistant hitting coach that used to be an assistant hitting coach with Cody in L.A., and they have clicked, and that's not the only reason, but that is a big reason that Cody has has found what he has found, and we've dissected that a lot. And I think that that happiness and that... Um, that quality circumstance that lends to Cody Bellinger's success will have an effect on his decision-making as a free agent. I think it will. How much of a decision? I don't know. Does he think he's figured it out now and he can do this anywhere without this person? Is this person going to get hired away? Uh, And, you know, should the Cubs be aggressively trying to promote that person, make him happy, so he and Bellinger will stay as a package deal? Here's uh, more from Boris uh, in the Bob Nightingale column. Boris isn't tipping his hand at the price tag, but he does point out that it's a thin free agent market. And oh, by the way, Mookie Betts was 27 years old when he received his 12-year, $365 million contract extension three years ago with the Dodgers. That's the data point. That's the data point. Because here's what Boris says. Demand is often created by rarity. When you have the rarity of Cody's age, his skill level, a five-tool player, a gold-glove center fielder and first baseman who can run, throw, hit, and hit for power, that's a rare commodity in baseball. And the demand for that is very, very high. He is absolutely correct about that. Bellinger says, I love it here. It's great here. Wrigley Field is such an amazing place. We'll see what happens. But for now, we're in a playoff race. I'm just trying to go out every day and help this team win. Woo. Now, uh, consider me concerned that Bellinger's asking price is going to be a lot higher and Boris's push is going to be a lot stronger for Cody to go and take all that money. What you hope for is the desire of the player to be happy and content. And you hope for the maturity of the player to know that that is worth a certain amount of money. And that at a certain point, 50 million, a hundred million, is there a cap in terms of when it all starts to feel the same and you should choose happiness and comfort. Owen is in Willow Brook and has been successfully screened by the call screener. Excellent. Hello, Owen. Hi, Matt. Uh, hey, I, I heard you talk about how the Sox maybe should look at scouting and personnel with uh, Tampa Bay. I think the other organization that they really have to look at as far as maybe trying to get people for the for their organization are the Houston Astros. If you see what the Astros lost in Korea, Springer, um, I forget their first baseman, um, and then they changed on the fly and they just keep competing and competing. Yep. And, and uh, you know, that's what you need. You don't need guys like Kenny Williams who's been there for 20-some years that just decimated this team. And and I actually think you need – you hit it on the head. You need scouting. You need guys that know talent, guys that aren't going to draft Homer in the first round and draft Collins in the first round. Hmm. You know, you can't replace stars that leave with players like that. Yeah. Thank you, Owen. Yeah, I think you meant Madrigal. They draft Madrigal in the first round, and and, and and you know, and, and Zach Collins in the first round, and 
There were some stories. I mean, there's so much to get to. If anybody didn't see the Keith Law piece in The Athletic, just breaking down what the White Sox scouting and development troubles have been under Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn, it it is staggering. Just the math of it in terms of which players have made it to the bigs and which ones have not. And there's a couple little stories in there. One about Keenan Walker. Keenan Walker is the kind of toolsy outfielder Kenny Williams used to fall in love with a lot. Jarrett Mitchell. Um, Keenan Walker, God, Courtney Hawkins. There's a lot. These are like toolsy five tool possible outfielders who were not good baseball players. And that that's what Kenny used to fall in love with. And it, it, it hurt them a lot through the years. So, all right. It's six seventy. the score. Uh, great stuff from the callers. And coming up at the top of the hour, Lance Brzdowski from Marquee will join us. We'll be live on Marquee. Tell a friend, or if you're listening and you're near a TV, you want to watch the show, you can do it either on Marquee or on the Marquee streaming app as well. That'll be at 11 o'clock. Next, though, our guy Chris Kampka gets his camp connected on Hit and Run on the Score. The stereo MCs on a Sunday morning means our guy Chris Kampka, the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago, who joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. Chris, good morning. How are you, sir? Morning. I am pretty good. How about you? I'm good, man. It's been a crazy week of White Sox news. The games, though, completely roll on. And you are working on the games and love the games. And so we have Sox games and Cubs games to look at and dissect and think about through your unique lens, sir. Take us anywhere you want. All right. So let's start with the White Sox. Uh, So over the last five games, Andrew Benintendi has hit three home runs. And they're all against lefties. It's crazy. Consider this. Yeah. Consider this on April 6, 2021, Zach Collins, lefty, hit a home run off of lefty Nick Markovicius. Um, after that, the White Sox won the span of 443 games where they did not have a lefty-on-lefty homer. And then enter Andrew Benintendi, who hits three in a five-day span. Um, that's crazy because Benintendi entered that span with only two home runs on the season. And so first, it's the first three White Sox lefty-on-lefty homers this season. <laughs> Um, and it was the first, it, it was three of the four, um, lefty on lefty homers at guaranteed rate field all year. Uh, they're all, all four of them are on this homestand because Ryan Noda hit one the other day. So no lefty on lefty homers in this ballpark at all this year until this recent surge. Wow. You never know. Wow. I, it, so no lefty on lefty homers by anyone on, on that team. Until this, um, no, not not no lefty homers against lefty pitchers. Okay, I, I, for, the, for the White Sox entering this homestand. Care to guess? Benintendi is three. Care to guess who uh, who leads Major League Baseball as a left-handed hitter with twelve home runs against a lefty? Uh, there's two of them. Otani. Uh, right? No, Freddie Freeman, no. Freddie Freeman, and Kyle Schwarber. Otani has eleven. It's a good guess. Otani has eleven. Gosh. 
Schwarber. Yeah, Schwarber and and Freeman. Um, but that's so it's interesting because you need lefty sluggers in this league and lefty sluggers who can hit homers off lefties. Well, Ooh, well that's gold. Let's talk about lefty homers in general. The White Sox have ten lefty homers at guaranteed rate of field this year. Ten. Um, they've had forty-one against them. Oh wow! So when you're a homer. Lefty, lefty homers. This is not just lefty against lefty. This is lefty total. Mm-hmm. Righties and lefties. Mm-hmm. Left-handed home runs, forty-one to ten. The White Sox have been out homered here, and we've talked about the importance of lefty power in this ballpark for a while. Yes. and they just have not addressed it. Yeah, they're dead last so. in baseball with twenty-six home runs against left-handed pitching. Dead last. That's eight behind um, the the. Uh, sorry, that's that's batting left. So so my bad. So left-handed power. They are dead last with 26 home runs, eight behind the Marlins. The Braves have 102 homers from the left side. Yeah, and at home, they only hit 10. Wow. Um, but but Benintendi's three homers as a lefty off lefties in a five-day span. The last White Sox lefty to have three homers against lefties in a five-day span was Robin Ventura in 1996. Wow. Um, all right, let's go to the Cubs, sir. What you got on the on the north side? The Cubs put up a 10 spot yesterday. It's great. It's 19th time this year that they've done it, second only to the Rangers. However, it's the third time this year the White so- or the Cubs have scored 10 runs without hitting a homer. That leads the majors. Three times the Cubs have hit uh, scored 10 or more runs without hitting a home run. Um, they didn't do it last year. They've done it three times total over the last 10 seasons total. So three times this year. Three times over the last 10 seasons combined before this year. Wow. So that's 10 runs without hitting a home run. You know what's interesting there is that they're designed and what they're trying to do is just, you know, move the baton or pass the baton. Like, all right, next man up, next man up. You have a good at bat. You have a good at bat. And just hit situationally and not get lost looking for slug. So that is one indication that that mindset is working at this point. It's, It's good. A lot of times in the postseason, though, yeah. it's those home runs that catch up with you. I know. So it's kind of interesting to see if this plays later on because historically, eh, I don't know. I know, but here's the thing. They've actually hit a lot of homers since the All-Star break. They have 59 home runs since the All-Star break. That is seventh in all of baseball. So and the, the slug since the All-Star break is fifth in all of baseball, just their slugging percentage. So... Um, Bellinger has come on, Saya uh, a, a little bit, um, and you know I can I guess Hap every once in a while, but yeah. So so I I hear you. They'll need the power in the postseason. That's for sure. No, but it has, you're right. It has gotten better. Mm-hmm. So that, that's promising. But if you have the combination of days where you can slug, and then the days where you can get by without it, that's a good combination. Yep. So. One we got time for one more thing. How about Jordan Wicks's debut last night with nine strikeouts and one walk? It's amazing. Yeah, so nine strikeouts and a win in the Cubs in the major league debut for the Cubs. Um it's since nineteen oh one, it's Jordan Wicks, the Dodgers pitching coach, and the guy who started the nineteen nineteen World Series game one for the Reds. <laughs> I don't know that Okay, so all right, so Mark Pryor, obviously, Dodgers pitching coach. Yeah. And Dutch Ruther. Dutch Ruther did it for the Cubs back in nineteen fourteen or thirteen. I I don't have it on hand. But he he was the guy who started the Game one of the 1919 World Series for the Reds against the Black Sox wow. later on. Wow. So those are, those are just three since 1901, win and nine strikeouts, an MLB debut, pitching for the Cubs. That's pretty awesome. All right, I know you got one more. You got a Jake Berger nugget. Give it to me, Kampka. You're the best. Yeah. 
So Jake Bergerson's joining the Marlins is hitting 349. He's almost as good as Luis Arias. So he could overtake Luis Arias for the Marlins batting average lead with a minimum of 75 at bats. He could do that. Even today, he can make that happen. Jake Berger passing Luis Arias on the Marlins in batting average. Who'd have thunk it? Oh, my God. Just his Marlins numbers alone, but I get you. Oh, my God. Thank you, Chris Kampka. He's the best. He's the best. Follow him on the Twitters or the X, whatever it's called, at C Kampka. Um, I just love the way he thinks about the game and enjoys the game. All right, this has been a fun show. We got another hour to go on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. A lot of Cubs uh, because they're relevant and interesting going into their final game against the Pittsburgh Pirates of a 12-game stint against, quote, bad teams, unquote. We are going to be live on the Marquee Sports Network on the app or on television on your cable provider. Lance Brzezdowski will join us next on Hit and Run here on 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.